Think of the difference between an iPhone video and a Sundance film. Camera audio versus a studio track. A novice or someone with experience. Sure, each has their place, but which will have maximum impact? Summer Shower Productions, a black-owned, woman-owned production company built to create valuable and inspirational content for you. Whether it's a promotional video, a short film, interviews, event photography, or utilizing our extensive editing and post-production tools to take your already captured content to the next level. We always bring creativity, integrity, and passion to every project we produce. So, consider Summer Shower Productions for your next project. Let's build something great together. What's going on, folks? It's your boy again, back in the building. Back Sean Thomas here, episode 55 of the Be More Today show. We are back. We are back. We are back in the building. We are in springtime full now. Uh, the weather is nice. The birds are chirping. The sun is out. It feels good. It feels good. I got to say it feels good. And I'm happy that we're still here doing the Be More Today show. Season two is rocking out. We brought you guys some great guests uh, this entire season. And today is no different. Before I get into that, I want to just say thank you, as always, for your love and support. We've been doing so many great things this year. It's all thanks to your love, your support, your follows, your subscriptions, um, your emails, your text messages. Just pushes me forward to make sure that we bring good content, bring good people, uh, and continue to put a good vibe out there for the world to to see. And it's been great. Be More Today has been growing so much. Again, we're heard in 34 countries uh, across the globe, and we're, we're trending. We're trending. I got to say we're trending, right? We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook and everywhere else, putting on our workouts every single Sunday. So continue to follow us for those things. And um, the support has been great from the podcast on Anchor to everything that's been on YouTube and Facebook. So thank you so much for your love, your support. I really, truly appreciate it. Uh, my quotation for today is very, very simple as always. It says, it's not enough to just watch your words. Sometimes you got to follow them to see what's at the root. Uh, this has been a very interesting season for me because I feel like uh, personally uh, I'm growing. Um, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic has been uh, that that game changer for a lot of people. And, you know, as we're coming out of that now, you know, vaccinations are happening, people are moving forward and uh, people are going out more and doing more things. I've seen in myself that I am I'm in a better place. Um, I'm not taking myself so seriously at work. Um, I'm really making sure I can spend quality time with my daughter and my wife, trying to stay off my cell phone uh, more uh, and just really living in the moment. I think sometimes we get so caught up in what's around us, what's going on and what we're doing right now. And we get boggled down by the the the, the runaround of life, especially if you live in New York, um, where I, I am clearly, and especially in Brooklyn, is is that New York Minute is a real thing. You know, when the, when the light turns from red to green, it's like a millisecond and someone honks that horn to say it's time to go. You're like, wow, I mean, life is short. You got to really appreciate these small things. So um, I'm really finding my time to to, to appreciate life and um, recognizing that, you know, the times that you share with people are important. The words that you share with people are important as well. And, um, you know, I've used this podcast personally to really get to a place where I'm more vocal in terms of what I say 
um, very, very uh, precise in what I say and what I share and, and honest, uh, just trying to, to make sure that I put my, my best foot forward out there and, sh- and share my, my story, my legacy, my experiences, my, my love, my fears, all those things, which is something that I haven't always been so transparent in doing. My wife is actually very transparent in doing that. And some of my friends I've had on the show have been great to bring that out of me. Um, but this has actually been a labor of love that's been helping me. And episode 55 is no different than the rest in terms of my guest for today. He is the embodiment of using your words to, to really share your story and to get to places that emotionally, spiritually, mentally, you might not have even known you wanted to go. Um, he is my longtime friend and former running mate, uh, MCK, Michael Keyfrider. Now, he is a Brown alumni, as you know, Bruno, you know all day. That's how we do. But MCK is also an entrepreneur, obsessive note taker, and a big pen connoisseur who creates spaces and practical tools for people of all works of life that make it easy to ask and receive good questions. The key to finding our answers. He accidentally created the Bounce Conversation Framework, a 20-minute conversation tool he developed while overcoming a difficult relationship, and now facilitates the Bounce Exchange TBX community and Bounce Exchange workshops to connect people who otherwise wouldn't meet for honest conversations so they can better understand themselves, build better relationships, and act with confidence. Since 2015, he's brought together folks across 25 countries for over 2,000 Bounce Conversations. MCK thinks of himself as a third culture Adele, having spent most of the last 15 years living in China after growing up in upstate New York, upstate and chill, and going to Brown University, Bruno, you know. He, he loves connecting with folks who are different from him and hosts a weekly sharing event based on his favorite piece of Chinese wisdom. When three people go walking, my teacher must be there and believes in the mantra Kusada, which that questions are the answers. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage my boy, my longtime running mate for Brown University and the Zen master of all Zen masters, MCK. MCK, what's going on? What's up, Sean Anthony? Good to see you, man. Man, it's good to see you too. It's it's amazing to connect with you virtually. Uh, currently, right now, you and I are both in the upstate area. I'm on vacation up here, and you're home in upstate New York. So upstate and chill is what we're doing. And um, I'm just glad to have you on the show, man. What's going on? How you feeling? I mean, it feels amazing to be back in your presence again. And <laughs> I mean, you talk about my sort of quote unquote Zen masterness, but I think you know when we talk about the energy that you bring to every conversation and every experience that you have. I mean, you know, we got a chance to chat a couple of weeks ago and we got a chance to chat now. And I mean, it just, I'm feeling it and I'm loving it. I appreciate that very much. As you know, um, you know, we were in track together, you were on a cross country team. And, um, you know, the funny thing about running track is that, uh, especially at a big school like Brown, there's so many people on a team, you know, and, even like we have pods now, there are little pods when it comes to these teams, right? Sometimes you have all the distance runners and you have all the jumpers and the sprinters, but sometimes those pods interconnect and you really get a chance to interact with people who you might not have even really had a chance to meet. And, you know, you and I crossed paths a number of times, clearly a number of mutual friends. 
And um, I think our our uh, uh, temperaments, since they are so similar, um, build well with each other. And, you know, we've been friends ever since. So it's just cool to see what you've been doing. And I had to have you on the show, especially with these balanced conversations. So um, let, let's get into it. So MCK, you know, I, I, I know you went to Brown with me, clearly. Um, but, you know, after that, we, we lost track. And I know you went to China. And to be honest, that's all I already knew about your journey as an MCK in China doing great things. Um, so just tell the listeners, you know, what the, the transition for you was from going to Brown University, graduating, and then uh, what sparked the move to China for you? Yeah. So so when I was at school, uh, I started studying Chinese, you know, because I studied international relations. International relations required that you have a language. And I basically really messed it up in French when I was in high school, right? So, you know, we have these requirements. IR was great because you didn't have that many requirements, but one was a language. And I was like, man, you know, I, I don't think I can do this French thing again. I just really, really messed it up when I was in high school. Like I, I can turn a new page. And so when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, there's a couple of languages that might be cool. Uh, there's, uh, there's Japanese, there's, there's Chinese and there's Swedish. Those were like the weirdest and, you know, most different from the romance languages. So I just kind of ended up choosing Chinese for whatever reason, kind of random, nothing, no real thought behind that. Um, other than it kind of sounded like somebody was singing when they were talking and writing was kind of like an art project. And I was like, oh, maybe that's cool. Maybe we should do that. So I basically had these great teachers um, and I had a really amazing first year teacher who was totally kicking my butt, but also I think showed me a lot of care and concern different from most other teachers at school. And I was really struggling with the language and I went to see her and, you know, because we were athletes, I couldn't go to her office hours um, because it was at three o'clock. And I asked her if it was possible for me to see her beforehand. She said, sure, why don't you come at two? She basically saw me every Wednesday at two for half an hour to an hour going through the most basic of things. And you know, to cut a longer story short, she kind of encouraged me to go to China. I was kind of like, yo, China seems kind of far away. I don't, you know, I don't know if you knew that. She's like, yeah, but wouldn't it suck if you sucked at Chinese for the rest of your, you know, college career and pushed me in a direction to go to China. Um, I was there for a summer between my first and second year, um, had an amazing experience, came back, experienced reverse culture shock, had all these people at school asking me things like, dude, did you meet Chairman Mao? Did you get sick? Did he hurt you? Did mm. he put you in jail? And I'm thinking, man, you know, here we are, 2001, Chairman Mao died in 1976, <laughs> in a minute. Uh, and uh, I just felt like I met so many cool Chinese peeps and really felt seen. And people were curious and they were interested and like, this was really weird. And I mean, of course I was like curious and interested because here I am halfway across the world and having, you know, this incredible experience. Um, and I think that encouraged me that I wanted to move to China after I graduated and I wanted to help normal people in China know that America wasn't all about rich people where everybody's got a gun and, you know, what they see in the movies is what, what is in real life. Um, and, and then also I think for Americans that, you know, China isn't a place that is, you know, depressing and, you know, yeah, that, that people walk around, um, you know, following what maybe one person might be saying, or, um, you know, that it's all about the economics or it's all about other things. I think there's so much more to China than what we were seeing in the news at that time. 
Um, and yeah, that's something that I really wanted to be a part of. So three weeks after graduation, uh, I moved to China and I've spent most of my adult life there. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I, I took French in, uh, the, the end of junior high and the beginning of high school, all the way to the end of high school. And I never went abroad. Um, it's one of my, my biggest regrets, I think. So to this day, not going abroad and 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 taking French to that level, because um, I, I do think when you go to a place and you engross yourself, as you know, in that culture, you have no other reason or other other choice but to adapt and learn that thing. Um, so I, I you know I, I applaud you for taking that step and going out there and engrossing yourself in that life. Um, it's a big step, especially when you were just so learning that language. But I'm sure you just being there uh, made it even a better experience learning that and really, um, you know, taking that French experience you had, recognizing that that wasn't ideal, doing this now and just like capitalizing in it. So um, kudos to you for that. And I think a lot of people have a hard time making that jump. You know, some people go, you know, I'll go abroad for a semester, but, you know, to be there for that long period of time, um, I'm sure you learned so many things I would just share with us. Um, but that, that's fantastic. Uh, so so you went to China, clearly, and you did a number of things out there. What were you doing exactly while you were out there most of the time? So, and also one thing, you know, I don't think anybody intends on going someplace for like 15 years. Mm. It's not like, oh, you know, yeah, here I am, I'm 22. You know, I just graduated. You know, I'm, you know, leaving the shores to go and, and, and to go someplace for, you know, a decade and a half and, you know, live for like the longest, you know, spot, you know, that, you know, maybe have lived in, you know, in a lifetime, but, uh, yeah, I think some, sometimes these things, they just happen one step at a time. Yeah. I think the, the, the one thing that I feel like I really connected with that school was learning Chinese because I think it was a way to connect with people. It was a way to see something different and something new. And yeah, it was a way to explore that, um, you know, yeah, you can explore through other subjects, but it's not the same as like opening you up to a whole side of life. And I think that was what, if I could spend a year being really, really awesome in this language, let's just see where that could take me. And uh, yeah, it was really just one step um, that I was thinking about and why I decided to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you were out there, right? learning Chinese and saying Chinese, were you working? Were you teaching? What were you doing exactly? Yeah. So the very beginning, um, I got a bit of a scholarship, um, you know, had made some money at school, um, working and got a little bit of support from my parents and studied for just one year. Cause I figured if I could just go full on and, and I didn't speak English for a year. So the, the goal was really to fully immerse myself. Uh, I lived with the family uh, and I studied hardcore every day. Uh, and it was really, you know, pretty incredible experience. And from there, the choices I then made was how do I continue to be, you know, continuing to be great in this language? How do I continue to develop a better appreciation, understanding of the culture? Um, and how do I follow things that um, are interesting to me. You know, I, I say that I never had a real job because I've always tried to follow something that I was interested in, knowing that I could find work in that area. And, you know, I might have to really hustle. And I did um, very much so at the very beginning. I was working multiple jobs 
to keep keep things going and pay rent and and for my expenses. But those things are also, I think, character building. <laughs> and um, you know, and it was and it was good to be able to do that because I also got to see a lot of different things, understand a lot of different things, and then and find pathways that made more sense for me as we continue along. I'm going to ask this question now before we talk about the Balance Network. You know, there's a lot of, um, especially in this country, um, the, the, the current temperature in terms of all the stop Asian hate that I'm sure you've seen all over, right? It's been that ongoing thing that no matter where you are, if you're on social media or actually watching the news, you're seeing acts of um, violence, um, acts of people responding various ways, saying various things that are all um, geared towards the Asian population, you know, connected to the coronavirus. And, you know, as someone for you who, who was there, you know, for, for 15 years and engrossed in the culture not coming back here to the U.S. Um, and seeing what's been happening, um, what, are, what are your thoughts? What are your responses? What, what are some of the things that you um, that you that goes to your mind as a as a U.S. citizen? who was over there, you know, for a period of time, not coming back here and seeing all that that's transpired. Um, and also, you know, coming from your background in terms of the liberal school we went to and, you know, an upstate person like you and I are, um, you know, how do you process all these things when you see people um, responding to an entire continent um, within this manner? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard. Um... And, you know, I think the, I mean, <laughs> I guess true to nature, you know, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, so what's really going on? Like, this is really not good stuff that's going down. So what is, what is happening? And I think, you know, the way that I've thought about, because, you know, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time thinking about it. It's like, some, someone is feeling hurt for whatever reason. And how do we find ways to improve that so that people don't have to hate like they're, like hatred you know i've been thinking about this a little bit recently like hatred it's it, and i wonder if like we relate this to like physical therapy or you know when certain symptoms manifest you know just because your back is hurting it doesn't mean it's your back it's you know because your knee there's something going on with your knee or there's something going on with like some other part of your body and i guess i think of it a little bit like that like we have this like massive problem so like what are we going to do about it to to try to alleviate alleviate that pain um because pain is only causing more pain and if we don't go and figure out that root right i mean it goes back to that quote you know that you're talking to you're talking about right it's not enough to watch your words you know, but follow to see what's at the root. And I think a lot of what we're doing right now is we're following the words and we're seeing these actions. And we're like, oh yeah, well, that person did that really horrible thing to that person. And it was horrible. And yet we're just looking at what was horrible and we're not looking at why it happened. And I think that's actually one of the biggest issues maybe that is happening. And I don't think it's all about, you know, just, you know, AAPI and, you know, an Asian hate. I mean, I think when we're looking at, you know, Black Lives Matter and why this is so important to be talking about, you know, in the summer and important to be talking about even before that, but there's a lot of hate. There's a lot of hurt. And 
you know, I think, you know, I think, I think something that, um, that your pastor was talking about in the last episode, you know, of like this, this idea of collective trauma, I think like, here's another manifestation of collective trauma. And are we going to give ourselves as a larger community, a chance to heal this trauma? Or are we just going to keep going? Yeah, I'm glad you share that. I completely agree with you. I, I do think that there's been a platform now for people just to share their biases, to share their um, feelings of hate uh, a little more, um, I guess, with, with less regard of, of how they're going to either be received or less regard of how um, the consequences are going to be for them. And, you know, I think that Pandora's box has always been here. You know, the people who, who've been doing this for years, it's not a new thing for people to have hatred towards a certain person or a people based on um, whatever things may be real or not real, right? Stereotypically sound or not. Um, but I do think now that the platform for people to share that with unadulterated um, actions and, and, and no remorse has just been at a higher level than most. And, and I do agree with you in a sense that, you know, the, the, the reason that people are doing these things is not just based on the actions. You know, a lot of these things are based on what's taught at home. A lot of these things are based on how people feel about their own personal um, race, color, you know, gender, et cetera. Um, you know, and, and the funny thing is, you know, you mentioned Black Lives Matter, you know, especially with the, the issue with the, the guy that happened um, here in New York, you know, the, you know, that, that's a person of color attacking another person of color. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, there's so many levels to this thing where, you know, we have to just look at the bigger picture and recognize that, you know, this, this, this message of hate is not um, a new thing for one. And, you know, it, especially if you're someone who's been through that and you experience that for your own people to put that message on someone else or a different sect for things that may be sound or not sound, you know, there's just so much ignorance and, and, and different levels of, of trying to understand why we do certain things that are that are at that. So I, I agree with you. I you know I think that we have to be better in terms of understanding you know why we do certain things as a people, um, individually and collectively. Um, this is all races, you know, not just people of color, but you know all of us are in this this melting pot of life. You know, especially now at this time, especially you know um, as we're in 2021. You know, it, it's the thing about, I love about COVID. And I, you know, we talk about the bad things about COVID, but COVID was literally the, the equalizer for everything. It really put everyone, for the most part, on the same level. Um, and it gave us all a chance to see the world stop for a second and to see how we all are just so connected to consumerism, uh, you know, the financial systems, um, and, and so many other things that just interweave our entire systems across the world. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, as we're coming out of that now, you would think that we as a people would be better, but you're seeing hate crimes for, you know, for people who are of Asian descent, you're seeing now increases in shootings around the world. And I'm just like, yo, people, we just came from this like crazy traumatic time, a whole year of like people dying all around the world and all is being so remorseful. We can't see our family, we can't see our friends. And we're all like, yeah, we gotta come together, have peace, unity, all these different things. And now that we're coming out of it, we're going right back to our old, like, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, like you said, the last episode, the the, the preacher was talking about um, as we're opening things now, we're getting back to opening businesses and places of worship and whatever else and gathering. It needs to be more like not reopening, but restart. 
right? It has to be a restart now. We have to kind of restart and reshape. You know, the old things are done. We got to change things up. We can't just come out here doing the same stuff we did before. It has to be different. It's got to be better. And um, I don't know, man. It, it, it's 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 a it's an encouraging concept to see that we've gotten past this thing. But it's also like, man, mankind is crazy. Like <laughs> we have so many issues. Like, what's wrong with us? I don't understand. So, and and you know what? And maybe what it is is, you know, again, it's like, oh, we have, we all have this virus. Or like we have, we collectively have the virus and we have to do these kinds of things. But, you know, there's a lot of people who it's just like, oh, finally the virus is over. Now I can do what I used to do. Or, oh, this, you know, virus thing is just whatever. It's just some ploy anyways. So like, I don't have to think about that. It's, I think it's, this has provided an opportunity for some people to be very reflective. And I think it's provided an opportunity for other people to be very reactive and combative. And just because, you know, you, you know, put the top on a boiling, you know, um, you know, pot of water, you know, doesn't mean that that thing that that's not going to boil. It just means that like, oh, it was at a lower heat for a little while. Now we turn the heat back up. Now it's going to, now that that top is going to blow off. And maybe that's like a way to think about what has been happening, because if we don't, I mean, I'm really glad that you chose that quote today. I feel like it's so apt, but if we're just looking at the words or the the surface level of things, then, you know, we're not really going to get a chance to figure out how to restart yeah, or yeah. move in a different direction. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, so I want to talk about the bounce exchange community and I want to, I'm so curious, you know, it's, it's not surprising that you started this, um, you know, given your whole temperament and, and your way with words and, you know, as much as I can remember of our interaction with Brown, you were always that person who um, could talk to anyone and had seamless conversations across all borders, right? No matter what the person looked like, race, color, gender, ethnic, you know, whatever. You you were, you seamlessly weaved yourself into, into various um, communities um, and had friendships that, that, that crossed boundaries that I think most people would would not have had. Um, so it's no surprise that this exchange of communication, um, came to be in terms of your life. But I'm curious about, you know, you said accidentally happened or accidentally started, uh, what sparked this, this network for you and how did you, um, accidentally create the balanced conversation framework? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a really high compliment. Um, and as a person who also, I think, um, really connects with people in a thoughtful way, um, means a lot for you to say that for, for you to to say that, Sean. Um, the reason why it accidentally started is because, you know, again, this goes back to something that you said last episode, you know, where you're like, I don't really need to see anybody, or I think, or maybe it was, you know, the pastor that said this too, but it's like, I don't need to see somebody. I'm cool. I'm good. I'm good with people. I'm, you know, I'm fine. Everything's good. Um, for me, it was, I was in a really difficult relationship. And I had been in China for about uh, nine years at that point and, um, you know, had been in this long distance relationship for a couple of years. Um, and I came back to America to be with her and to follow love. And it was just hard. And, you know, there was a moment, I think, 
you know, probably, you know, he's getting close to the end because of course, like the story of this is that the relationship ends, um, but it was getting to the end. And, you know, I was asking this question of like, why is it that I can talk to pretty much anyone about anything except the person I'm supposed to be closest to? And I think that was, it just, it was just so difficult. And, you know, as I, you know, thought and I was reflecting more on it and, you know, now this is moving into the time, you know, after we're no longer together, it's, you know, I realized it just, it wasn't just about her. It was, you know, it was also my parents, my sister. It was, you know, my former business partner. It was um, colleagues of ours, even close friends. And, and I realized that I was afraid of letting people down. And so, yeah, I could talk to anybody about anything. <laughs> I could connect with anybody across, you know, whatever. But I think the hardest time I was having was, was connecting with myself and also connecting. And as a result, connecting with people that I was closest to because I was afraid of rocking the boat or I was afraid of being open and honest or I was afraid of, yeah, sharing what I was actually thinking and feeling. And, and so it's funny that you mentioned the... Um, you know, I'm so good at connecting with other people. I don't think it's about the words that I use. I think it's because I was just being a good listener. <laughs> mm. um, you know, and most people would rather talk than listen. And I think I was realizing and this, you know, originally came a bit from insecurity. Like I really didn't have much to say. Mm. And then I found that it was much more interesting for me to be asking questions and be learning more about other people. But I think over time, I realized that just made a more interesting conversation in general because we could have a more connected, more interesting conversation. Because if we talked about something that they cared about, I could probably learn something new. And then maybe there was something I could also add to that conversation as well, given what I'm curious about, or even just maybe an experience that I've had that might be more connected to what they are interested in or what they're talking about. And that is something that I think was a part of my healing process from this relationship was I just decided that, you know, people always ask you what you do. And I wasn't about to be like, well, just got dumped, pretty depressed and um, don't have a job. So how are you? <laughs> but I would just tell them that, oh, I'm just doing this uh, conversation experiment. It's only 10 minutes. You want to give it a try? And that's really where, yeah, bounce started from a lot of pain and um, real deep insecurity in myself and recognizing that maybe the one thing that I had was if I could be a great listener and ask other people good questions, then that could be a step for me to try. Wow. And so that's what I did. And it's turned into something a little bit bigger than that today. Yeah, that's huge. Um, you know, it's funny because I feel like so many people, um, use different things when it comes to pain right they, they they find various ways to cope and some people either go down a road of of, of more pain more sorrow self-deprecation um abuse whatever you know all those different things and some people use that pain to find change um to find a different way to to cope or to process um and you know it's funny i think a lot of people who um are into athletics use various ways to express themselves, um, whether it's dance or other ways, just to kind of, you know, get over those certain hurdles. Um, so for you to, to really combine your whole, whole experience into now um, using the verbal uh, method to, to really share 
and 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 grow and and heal. Um, it's astounding to me because I think a lot of people have a hard time sharing. Um, and you know, I, I I can even say I'm one of them. You know, I I've I've gotten better. Um, but you know, having someone, either a partner or or what have you in your life who can kind of bring those things out does change does change things in terms of your response to being able to share. And, you know, for me, I, I was always someone who was a better listener um, than a sharer. Uh, I think this podcast has helped me to share more because it, it forces you to do that, right? It's, it's only me and you here. So, I, you know, I, I have to share something to an extent, but, you know, in, in, a, in a room where there's so many people and you, you always have people who are the ones who are carrying the conversation and you have the middle people who are like, you know, interjecting things here and there. And then you have people who don't say anything. And that's, that's the most conversations. And I, I grew up in an environment or a time where I remember I had a teacher. Uh, it was either sixth or seventh grade. Mm. And he said to me, most conversations you're going to have in life are to be um, very simple. One person says one thing and someone else says something else. Mm. And use that person not to be listening to you, and you're not to be listening to them. All you can do is just basically share experiences back and forth, banter, banter, banter. Mm-hmm. And there are very seldom times you're going to have a conversation where someone's actually listening to what you're saying, mm. comprehending it without trying to already process what their response is going to be to that. Mm-hmm. Um, because most conversations, again, are going to just be you say something, they say something, and back and forth mm-hmm. banter. And then actually, it turned me off because it made me recognize that. You know, you're saying that most people that I'm talking to in general are not even really listening. They're just responding and keeping the conversation going as opposed to like a conversation where, you know, you're actually being heard. And I think that um, this bounce conversation seems like it's a, a level where people can really be heard. And, you know, you you and I had a, a conversation. I actually participated in one of the conversations a couple of weeks ago. And I can say, MCK, you know, it, it was... At first, it was, and we'll talk about what that layout is like, but at first it was very, um, I didn't know what to, what to do. You know, I've known you for years, so it wasn't like we were um, laying out a foundation for a, a fake conversation. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you asked the, the first question to me, I was like, yeah, I had this nothing to, on my mind, really. And then literally two seconds later, there were a thousand things that came to my mind that I wanted to share. And... Are there things I would have shared with, you know, my friends or my coworkers? Not necessarily, but in that in that space, just talking to you, um, I felt very comfortable. I felt very even in terms of like not feeling like I was sharing too much, not sharing enough, um, and I felt I felt nice after. I felt like you know I had I had shared things that um, weren't pressing. You know, it wasn't like it was like I have to get this off my chest, but it was definitely things that I said. You know what? I, I process something a little better today, simply in like a 20 minute conversation with you. So um, can you give the listeners just so they know what I experienced, mm-hmm. what the basic framework for a balanced conversation is mm-hmm. and, and how you came up with that format? Yeah, totally. Um, before I do that, I think one thing that I just want to share as well is like, again, going back to that conversation with Edsel, I think he has, he had a really great way of saying, you know, like looking under the hood. And, you know, what T was saying as well of like, you know, having kind of like a a checkup. And I think a balanced conversation is just kind of like that. You know, it's, 
And, you know, you were mentioning too, like, you know, the only time that you've been to say a therapist in the past was like, if you felt like you had a problem and somebody was saying this to me recently, it's like, oh, well, yeah. Like, I think I would only want to do bounce conversations if I have like a problem. And they actually made a physical therapy reference. They're like, oh, when I had this problem, I want to see a physical therapist. If I have like too many things on my mind, like if I have like a really deep emotional issue, I can come to you. And it's like, that's not really what, I mean, mental health therapists are there for a very specific reason. You know, that, you know, there's some pretty probably, you know, challenging mental health things that are going on. And that can be on a whole different spectrum, but yeah, bounce is just meant to say, like, we have so many things on our, on our mind and that invitation, right. That I give to you to say, Hey, do you want to talk about something? And you're like, nah, I'm cool. I got, I'm all right. But the idea that you actually took a moment to think, and then that second moment, there's a thousand things in your mind that you might want to share. It's like, Oh, maybe I do have some things to talk about. Not because you, you know, it's a problem or you're damaged or, you know, those issues. It's just, we all got things that are going on that we all, we don't necessarily give the space. And so, you know, bounce conversation. Now it's just a 20 minute conversation framework has a very distinct beginning, a middle and an end. Um, the idea is to start out with intention about something you want to talk about. As a great listener asking good questions, I just channel my curiosity. You answer those questions. We check in in the middle. How are things going? And like, try to see like what's been useful so far. Um, and then we keep going. I keep channeling my curiosity. You keep answering questions. And then at the very end, it's like, okay, cool. We talked about this now. What do you want to do about it? Yeah. Now I, I, I have a couple of questions because again, I went through this and I thought it was great. Um, and I think if I had not known you, I would have still shared what I shared with you um, because just the environment was nice and it, it didn't feel forced and um, there were no expectations for, okay, we're going to do these things today. We're just like, yeah, so what's going on? So I love that format. Um, for those who are listening and, and maybe curious, um, a couple of things. One, so do you, because I'm sure there have been conversations where people have, ex have shared very sensitive or very um, even emotionally traumatic experiences, et cetera. Um, are you trained in terms of assessing those or, 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 or dealing with those conversations? And what do you do when, when someone says, or you, when you say, yeah, what's next? And the person says something that leads you down the direction of maybe this is bigger than I can handle in the conversation. How do you deal with those conversations when they arise? Yeah. So I think uh, for me, I'm never thinking of myself as a person who can solve that other person's problem. I'm just simply here to understand them or to try to understand them. And that's why it's about channeling curiosity and not, you know, trying to diagnose and prescribe what they should do. Because I think all of us, we have a lot of the answers inside of us. And oftentimes we are given advice or suggestions or things that are rooted in experience of another person. Uh, of the way that maybe we should tackle, you know, the things that are going on, but really like the thing that's most motivating is to have space to figure that out. So if something is going in that direction, um, challenging directions, it's okay to cry. It's okay to express challenging emotions, but to be honest, you know, in bounce conversations, it really hasn't gotten to that place. Um, but, and if it was to, you know, then, you know, I might just, you know, at the end, you know, and more casually just be like, yeah, you know, have you talked to other people about this or, 
you know, have you considered talking to other people about this? You know, it sounds like this is something that's really, really, really difficult. Um, you know, aside from bounce conversation, what kind of support do you have? Mm. Um, so I wouldn't, um, yeah, I mean, that might be how I would approach it, but I think a lot of times people are doing bounce conversations because they, I mean, actually for me, you know, when I was going through that challenging situation in my relationship, I also accidentally was seeing a therapist, um, because I, 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 uh, happened upon a church and happened that pastor was this lady who also was a therapist. And, uh, you know, she saw me the first day there and I think she just saw, you know, I was like a young person and, uh, the congregation wasn't, you know, super young. She's like, oh, young person, you know, you want to come and hang out with me? And I was like, why lady, why do you want to hang out with me? Uh, and, um, I started to see her every Tuesday and it was a combination of seeing her, you know, and just talking about life. She got me good. She was like, Hey, you, you know, you worked in like, uh, you know, communication and branding, and we'd really love you to check out the materials for, for our church. And, you know, maybe we could improve those. And, uh, <laughs> I think she might've seen that I maybe needed somebody to talk to. And, um, I saw her every Tuesday, you know, just like my Chinese teacher I saw her every Wednesday, you know, I saw, Pastor Bonnie every Tuesday. And I think being able to have a person give you space to improve on something that's important to you, um, you know, usually it has to come from you. And then every once in a while you get lucky that somebody offers that invitation to you. And if you take it, then it could lead to somewhere pretty amazing. Mm. That's big. I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, you, you have used your experiences to cultivate this, right? This has been, so it seems like a, a labor of love, but also an experimental um, journey for you where you've actually seen the, the the fruits of what you're talking about. So not just saying that this is a good thing to do, but you've actually been to that clearly. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the in your bio, Kusada, um, that the answers are the, or the questions are the answer. And it seems like that's part of also what you're, relaying in these bounce conversation, where, where, where's that mantra come from and how do you apply that to, um, the bounce conversation network? Yeah. So I think questions, they're just this interesting thing that can unlock things that we don't know about. You know, I'm a person who loves novelty. I'm a person who loves learning new things. I'm a person who, you know, I guess I'm I, in general, I'm also a seeker. Um, and this is something that I learned from, you know, you know, pastor, Dr. Bonnie, and it's also something that I learned at a wedding, you know, I went to this wedding for my friend in Paris, um, and having a great time. And I meet the, like the best friend of the groom. I was friends with the bride and, you know, he says to me after a couple of days, doesn't really know me, hasn't really, you know, spoken too much. It's like, you know, I it seems like, you know, you're asking all these questions, um, but it's, and, and connecting with all these people, but it's really this way for you to better understand yourself. And I was like, that's so weird that he would say that to me, but he might be right. Um, and I think what's interesting about questions is that and I think one undervalued thing is it's like, oh, you know, when we're, when we're great listeners and we ask good questions, it's like, we are, that's not a valued part of a conversation, right? Kind of like you were saying before, you know, talking, like, even like what you were saying, like sharing my voice, sharing my experience, like 
that's something that's more valued. But I think like super underrated, undervalued thing is people who are able to keep great space for other people and ask them good questions. And also those questions that we end up asking other people, I think sometimes are really good questions for ourselves. And so those are just some of the things that I think is really valuable about questions. And I mean, what you were talking about before with your teacher, you know, and just like people kind of just talking their experience, you know, after another one shares their experience, I think is true. Like I think about that as like conversational ping pong. And, you know, we just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But I think when it comes to something like a bounce conversation or any sort of conversation where you give somebody that space, you give somebody the proverbial mic, um, yeah, that's when you like, you put down the ping pong paddle and you'd be like, you know, tell me what's going on. Let's talk about you. And as opposed to like, oh, and what about you? You know, you cut all those kinds of questions out of there because it's like, let's focus on you right now and see where this can go and where this can take us. If we just spend a little bit more time, like going a little bit deeper, you know, on whatever topic, you know, we want to talk about. And I think I've just taken that approach in my life and seeing how helpful and useful it is. At my lowest moment, I took that approach in like a, let's just do this for 10 minutes at, you know, dinner parties and social gatherings kind of a thing. But then over time, I just, I saw the patterns and I saw the rhythms and I saw, you know, the power of, you know, what questions we're doing. And, you know, so I think when it came to trying to formalize what I thought about what I was doing, I believe in the power of questions. And I think that they bring us, you know, really interesting answers. They help lead us to different places. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't start asking a bunch of questions. And I want to help give people space where they can find their answers too, because they get to meet people who they otherwise wouldn't have met, who would be helping them with questions. What's going on, folks? It's your boy again back in the building, Dr. Sean Thomas here. I just want to remind you guys, actually, I know I said in the podcast that we'd be doing a QSADA conversation this weekend. It's not going to be this weekend. It's actually going to be uh, next weekend, April 24th, from 7.30 to 9.30. If you want to sign up for the conversation with the Bounce Exchange team, uh, visit www.qsata.com. Uh, forward slash be more today space is limited so join us for that workshop again on the 24th of april uh from 7 30 to 9 30 it is free and a great chance for us just to talk about anything and everything all right thank you so much for tuning in and i'll talk to you guys soon peace that they otherwise wouldn't have maybe asked themselves Folks, if you're just joining us, episode 55 of the Be More Today Show, I'm here with my boy, MCK, the man, the myth, the legend, the Zen master. Uh, he's actually the founder of the Bounce Exchange Network. Um, and we're just talking about conversations. We're talking about ways that we can share um, our experiences with others and to ask the questions to get the answers that we need in our lives. So um, MCK, you know, it, I, I can honestly say that um, I'm not surprised at anything you're doing. I think this is great. You're, you're getting people to open up um, who might have a hard time opening up. And especially during this quarantine season, I think, I can't say for me because I've been working, but there are a lot of people who I interact with now that they're coming out of quarantine. Mm. And it's like, they're so happy to be around other people. Like they're so happy just to, to talk. And, you know, I, talking on Zoom is one thing. And I've been talking on Zoom for these podcasts. Besides that, I'm never on Zoom. I, I'm never... 
I'm physical therapist. So I'm with people all day physically. You know, I'm never ever on a Zoom call, um, except for once a week for the podcast. But everyone else, for the most part, you know, they've been relegated to this virtual connection with people where they're sharing, sharing, sharing. And it's so funny seeing people now coming out of that. They're so excited to see people and they're sharing even more now about their experiences and and people who didn't really say much before are coming out of this quarantine season a little more expressive, a little more ver- uh, vocal in terms of what they're sharing. So it's cool. And I, I think the 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 platform to do that um, and to even facilitate that that exchange is something that we all could use right now, especially uh, given the times that we're living in. So I appreciate you and all the work that you're doing. Um, I have a couple of quick fire questions for you, sir, that I always ask my guests. And the first one is, um, if you could change the world um, in one way to make it a better place, uh, what would that one change be? I think, you know, it would be maybe encouraging people to be better listeners and ask better questions. Yeah, that's solid. Um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people, like I said before, um, and it, it's funny because what turned me off, I think, from opening up to most people, um, I open up to people, but I, I open up to probably a very select few. Podcasts are a little different because I talk to everybody about everything, right? <laughs> um, and I've, I've become a little more vocal in that, but my personal circle um, of people that I share with on a regular basis is very, very small. And I think a lot of people um, have various uh, ranges when it comes to their their pods, the people they share information with, right? Some have their three best friends, some share with everybody. It, it varies. Um, but I think one of the reasons why I don't have a vast network of people that I share with is par- partially based on trust um, and partially based on what I shared with you earlier that I sometimes feel like in that ping pong ball conversational piece, um, unlike the bounce conversation, the person's not really listening, right? Yeah. Like it, it's it's not so much a, a, a conversation. It's more like a, almost like a competitive feel as opposed to a conversational reciprocal feel. And I think for the longest time, again, that was like sixth, seventh grade until who knows when for me, um, I, I felt that way. I felt like there wasn't really a safe space to share because in sharing, it felt more like I had to ante up whatever I was saying mm. to keep the conversation going as opposed to like a genuine conversational environment where whatever I shared, no matter if it was like great or not great, the person receiving that was like, okay, that's awesome. You know, uh, no, no competition, no... Let me ante up. No, you know, let me try to top this or try to top that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, you know, especially when it comes to men, um, I think, you know, that the, the, the demographic and the dynamic between males and females when it comes to these conversations um, is always very different. You know, I think females have a very, uh, uh, not a very, but it's, it's easier in most situations for them to share with each other than it is for men to share with other men for a variety of reasons, society, 
culturally speaking, you know, the list goes on and on. And depending on what, what your background is in terms of where your family's from, it can even go deeper than that, right? Um, so, you know, for me, I, I think there were a lot of biases on, in terms of that, in terms of sharing. Um, but I, I, I verbally and, and, and forcefully and, and, and um, with more intention uh, have been trying to share more. And um, I think, like you said, if the world just had a better place to be where you're sharing more um, with each other, we'd, we'd be better. We'd be a better society. We would be better um, country, clearly, um, and all those different things. So I appreciate you sharing that. So let me ask you, what what would you do to change that? Like when you have a conversation that's coming up and you know, you're being more vocal and you're sharing more these days. And if somebody kind of gets that sort of competitive nature as you're talking or that anti-up nature, kind of like you're, you're mentioning, what would you want to say next to change the course of that conversation? To be honest, I, I don't, (laughs) I usually just, and this is probably not a good thing, right? Usually those situations where someone is, uh, I'll use the phrase coming for me, right? Or coming at me. Because I, I feel like it's, it's more of a, like that feeling, you know, when when, mm-hmm. when there's that competitive whatever and someone's trying to come for you mm-hmm. or saying something that is is trying to compete with what you're saying, mm-hmm. I usually just defer. And I usually just, just either end the conversation or I'll, I'll, I'll recognize at some point in time that this is probably not a conversation that I want to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that conversation usually ends up dying, which means that that connection with that person usually ends up Mm-hmm. ending mm-hmm. um because i surround myself pretty much with people who i think i can vibe with mm-hmm. um and i think i'm at a place now where i'm not really trying to change anybody mm-hmm. to be where i want to be um i also want to surround myself with people who are not being more today or what have you know whatever you want to call it so usually those those conversations and those relationships mm-hmm. no matter how deep or shallow they may be don't go further than that conversation because I already have envisioned in my mind that how can we grow if it's going to be a constant, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I always look more for, for supportive conversations as opposed to combative conversations. So, um, how could you say that? How would I say it to the person? Yeah, I wouldn't. That's the thing. And I guess, I guess no. it's, it's, it, yeah, I don't know. But I'm saying, I'm wondering, you know, how, and I think the reason why I say this is because if you are being more expressive, Mm. if you are trying to be more of that person, you might be letting a person go who's got a big blind spot. They they might not even know that they're doing that. Right. Yeah. So like, let's say that I was, you know, I was coming for you right now. (laughs) What would you say to me to just at least let me know how you're feeling about this conversation? Yeah, I mean it's it's a valid question. I I I don't know to be honest. I don't know what I would say. I'm not, I'm not saying it like like I'm not thinking. I, I don't want to think about it. I just don't know. I as me right now, I wouldn't say anything. I would literally end the conversation, and I would just literally go on. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you in in the, in the sense that if I were to try to mend that kind of, or or mend that relationship or 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 even like direct at a different path, mm-hmm. what would I say? And I don't, I don't know. And that's something that I would probably have to maybe assess in a balance conversation, you know, trying to try <laughs> to figure out what, what I would do or what I do do when people 
um, that I interact with had that that same mentality because it's not my go-to. I'm not gonna lie to you. My go-to is not to say, well, you know, I feel like there's a there's a disconnect here. Let me try to figure it out. No, my my go-to is okay. Well, there's a disconnect here, so we're mm-hmm. we're done talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that I mean, that's probably not the best um, response in that situation. Um, and usually, my, my conversation with others are not to the point where I'm trying to um, connect unless it's something on on a business level or professionally or what have you. You know, because I already have my set of friends. Um, so I, I'd have to really think about that. Um, and if I wanted to put the energy into mm-hmm. delving into, you know, what the the bigger issue may be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I was 25, I, I would have probably done it more than now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it now, but um, I'd have to think about it, to be honest. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. so just two things that come up for me, you know, thinking about hearing what you said, you know, one is totally respect that sometimes you got to get out of a situation that's not great. And then the other thing, you know, that I think about is that maybe it doesn't have to be like a whole thing. Like you don't have to be friends with them. You don't have to, you know, be, you know, collaborating on a business project together. You don't have to do those things. You know, it might be simply, you know, something as simple as, you know, I'm feeling this really strange vibe. Like the way that you're responding to me is like really competitive and it's making me feel a little bit uncomfortable. So I just want you to know that I'm going to go. Um, but maybe we can pick up this conversation some other time. Yeah. I mean, maybe at its simplest or like if you're whatever in that space for a longer period of time, because I just think like sometimes what I think the issue that is, is we do cut and run. And like we were talking about before, the reason I think sometimes we're at a, a challenging part in our communities and in our societies is because people kind of hurt us. We decide we don't want that, but then they don't, they haven't gotten that feedback that that was hurtful or mm-hmm. that was bad. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to continue going on being like, oh yeah, well, this is the way it is. Right. Because I just want Sean to know like who I am, how I'm doing it. Like, or again, you know, not knowing the specific situation that you're, you're thinking about. Right. Um, so yeah, just, you know, one perspective to maybe, to maybe think about it. It may not be the right one for you, um, you know, but what would be the right one for you? Yeah. I will say, you know, if there have ever been, and this is usually just me in terms of my interaction with patients, right? Because mm. whenever you're in a customer service environment, there's always going to be someone who doesn't like what's happening. So I'm always one who has to go up there and um, talk to someone about what's happening, what they don't like, why they don't like, et cetera. And those conversations I have no problem doing. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I'm very, I'm very, they call me the patient whisperer. You know, I'm very easy to go up there and just calm down any conversation that is getting loud or what have you. And, you know, whether we agree on what their complaint is or not, you know, I, I always address it as, well, okay, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way, you know, whatever. Um, and I have a, a, a pretty, uh, uh, standard way of, of de-escalating situations when they, when they arise in, in that regard. Um, because again, you have two people who are, are coming in and they're, and they're like this for a second, completely different, I think, than a conversational piece that's, that's, that's optional. Um, cause that conversation I have with my patients, that's not optional. I have to have those hard talks. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe you're right. Maybe it's about re- recognizing that if there are situations on my end where, there is any kind of feeling of 
not combativeness because I don't think anyone's ever combative towards me, but it's more just like a, a vibe that is just different. Um, you know, I, I can definitely be more honest and be more vocal in, in sharing what you said and recognizing that, you know, um, for whatever reason, Hey, you know, like, like you said, this might not be the right time or whatever, you know, whatever we're feeling and, and maybe we'll talk about this a different time. Yeah. It'd be good to just, just close those things. So that, like you said, it doesn't have to arise again. And then there's an awkward feeling of, Oh, here we go again. And that person not knowing what I'm feeling and they're not recognizing my body language or what have you that I think is probably so obvious, but they're being like, oh no, he just wants me to talk louder. So let me just talk more, <laughs> you know, because that does happen, right? We, we think we're putting on a certain vibe and people respond to it in the opposite way because they want to be heard. And then you just have a, a, a disconnect, if you will. So I agree with you on that. It, it'd be good to, to nip those in the bud before they become bigger issues. So, yeah. And that, it's an interesting thing about optional, right? It's like, oh, well, this is optional, so I'm going to opt out. Mm. And if we opted in, right, you know, there's one phrase that I love, and, you know, you may have heard it too, like the idea of calling out versus calling in. And, you know, calling out, right, it's kind of like, hey, you know, like, but calling in is kind of like, let me tell you what I'm experiencing right now. And, you know, I'm, I'd love to talk about it with you. Or, you know, would you, would you mind if we just chatted about this for a minute? Or, you know, it's like that invitation to say, hey, here's something that's not so great that's going on. But I want it, I want it to be better. And I hope you would like it to be better, too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it may not always work, but um, even taking a step in that direction or having that intention, I think can be really powerful. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so MCK, as you know, Be More Today is my thing now. Um, it's it's the brand, it's the motto, it's the logo, it's the book, it's my shirt, it's everything, right? So um, you were the 55th person on this show that I've asked this question to, and I know you will not disappoint me. Um, when you hear the phrase, Be More Today, what does that phrase personally mean to you? I think it means, I mean, this already comes kind of like, I think in, in your tagline, but it's just like being more of myself or being that better version of myself. It's how can I, right, you know, like the law of compounding, you know, interest, you know, if you just do like that little stuff each day, you know, you feel so amazing about yourself, right? Like being more today, like thinking about you doing, committing to this podcast every week. And how it gets better and better over time, or you're able to find ways to better express yourself over time. I mean, I think for me, that was just one bounce conversation at a time. It's like one, you know, one day of doing yoga at a time. You know, I think about, you know, when I, when I've gotten these modes of like doing, doing daily yoga, you know, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm in good shape, I'm feeling great. And it's just those little things. So I think be more today is just doing those little things that um, I can be present I can be focused on the things that are important and I can be just a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, MCK, any final tips you want to share um, with uh, aspiring bounce enthusiasts um, or any tips you want to share about how people can link up with you for a bounce conversation? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have too many tips. I think other than just 
even just practicing being that great listener, asking other people good questions. You know, it's not something that you need to do in a balanced conversation. It's something that you can just do in any conversation. And, you know, if you chose to be that great listener, asking good questions, like just to see kind of where that might go and where that might take a conversation um, and, you know, just see how it feels afterwards. Um, but I think if you want to have a balanced conversation, I know we're going to put together a little bit of an event, you know, on the weekend that if people want to come out and, you know, meet somebody that they otherwise may not have met, um, bring a topic that's important to them, that means something to them. They get to meet somebody who's going to be a great listener, asking good questions. They get to return the favor and see where it goes. So, I mean, that's something, um, immediately that people can do and otherwise find me on LinkedIn, you know. MCK, Michael Keyfrider, pretty easy to find. Not a lot of people with that name. And um, yeah, or Instagram, MCK123. Or if you're a lover of Clubhouse, we could uh, we could come out, you know, hang out on the Clubhouse. So there I'm MCK123 as well. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to put together a little um, workshop for those who are interested in being part of the Balanced Conversation. It's going to be on the weekend uh, of the same podcast, which is going to be the 17th, 18th weekend. And um, it's basically going to be uh, a conversational uh, get together where people can ask questions to each other and you know just share things that they want to share um, in a safe space, um, no strings attached, you know, nothing that's too, too crazy, and we can all experience the boss conversation with MCK and, and how he runs his his, his workshops. Um, MCK, what are the details for that in terms of what people should know in advance for this balanced conversation that's happening this week? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be two hours. Uh, we'll have a little bit of a warm up in the beginning. You'll get paired up with one person. You'll get to learn a bit more of the wisdom in the room from other people and what they're experiencing in their conversations. But that your conversations themselves will be in a one on one format uh, with one particular person. Um, so yeah, just uh, come with something that's uh, that's on your mind, and you can find out more details um, at qsata.com/slash/be-more today. Awesome. Awesome. MCK, thank you so much for being on the show this week. Appreciate it. Uh, great time catching up with you. Excited to catch up with you on the weekend for our conversation. And uh, for those of you who are listening now and want to be a part of it, uh, visit bemoretoday.com uh, for more details or watch us on Facebook or Instagram for more details as well. You'll see a flyer for that up already um, to join the, uh, the, the room and to be a part of, uh, the most conversation with MCK and myself, super excited for it. And MCK, thank you so much for being a guest on episode 55. You, my friend, uh, are great. Sean, thanks so much for having me. It's been awesome. Not a problem at all. Folks, don't forget the quotation for today. It is not enough to just watch your words. Sometimes you got to follow them to see what's at the root. Um, a number of us are, uh, coming out of, of quarantine and even our lives, right? And trying to really figure out what's next. How are we going to restart? How are we going to revive? How are we going to reopen? Um, and we're at a place now where we can really make some changes to be better um, as we go into 2021 and beyond. So let's use this time to make good decisions, good choices, wise decisions, wise choices, um, to have the hard conversations, um, which is something that I'm still trying to do myself and to really find um, the people who can get us to be to be better. Um, whether it's someone you've heard on the show or somebody you know in your life, you can all have someone who gets us to be uh, in a better place and to be more. Again, the show is about ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So let's do extraordinary things together 
and make 2021 the best year that it can be for all of us. Um, if you're still following us, bemoretoday.com has all your information for everything, right? My book is on Amazon and on uh, our personal page as well. And our podcast comes out every single Monday. So keep following us for that. If you want to send us information or find anyone that you saw on the show, right? You want to know where MCK is or anyone you've heard for the last 55 episodes, just be more today, number two day at gmail.com for that. You can get anything you need from me at any point in time. Again, the Words for Life podcast is every single Wednesday. So check out my boy T. Farrell, giving out words of encouragement to people every single Wednesday for that. And folks, check us out for this weekend for the Bounce Conversation. You'll see a flyer for that uh, this same week on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and our Be More Today page. And as I always say, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life. And continue. Take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. We'll see you in the weekend. Peace. <laughs>